Um, you got your Bible? Uh, if you be turning to Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. I was playing football in the backyard uh, last Sunday afternoon, and I had these three little boys, and we're playing, and we're throwing the ball, and one of them lovingly looked at the other and pushed him down and said, you cheated. Lovingly, kindly. Yeah, yeah it, it's not good to be cheated, right? You cheated. It was my turn. Uh, I want to talk to you this morning about don't be cheated. Don't get cheated. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, as you have been taught, bounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. Touch two people, say, don't be cheated. Listen, everything you need is in Christ, and Christ is in you. Listen, don't be cheated by religious philosophy or vain arguments. Don't get caught up in... That's what Paul's writing He's writing to the Colossians and saying, hey, be rooted and established in the faith as you've been taught and abound with thanksgiving unless you be cheated. Can I tell you that the minute you stop being thankful, you're on the edge of being cheated. The minute you stop being grateful for the things that we have received, we are on the edge of being cheated. Ungrateful people can be robbed. Ungrateful people stop protecting the gifts they've been given. Ungrateful people don't take care of their cars. They don't take care of the houses. They don't take care of their relationships. If you're ungrateful for something, you stop paying attention to it. If you're ungrateful for your, for your faith, you stop taking care of your faith. And the minute you stop taking care of your faith, you can be cheated. If you don't take care of the things that God's given to you, listen, we're rooted and grounded in this thing called the faith, the Christian belief, and we've been given to us, and we need to be grateful for it this morning. We need to be able to say thank you, because whatever you appreciate, you value, and whatever you value, you take care of it. And if you don't, you can be cheated. You can be cheated through philosophies and empty deceptions and the traditions of men and the basic principles of the world and forget our sight of Christ. Listen, there is so much stupid religion out there. There's so much stuff out there that separates and divides and just nonsense. And you don't want to get caught up into that. And the big one you don't want to get caught up into is that you need to earn something. The biggest thing you don't want to get caught up in is that you have to measure up, that you have to pass the mustard in some way. You, you want to recognize that we're grateful for it because you can't earn it. You, you, you just receive it gratefully. It's a gift. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together, having forgiven you all your trespasses. Touch somebody and say, hey, it's all forgiven. Oh, contrary to the world out there, say it out loud. Hey, it's all forgiven. Oh, maybe you need to touch yourself and say, hey, it's all forgiven. This morning in a few minutes, we're going to stand with each other and we're publicly going to say, God, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry. I've done the best I could this week, but no matter how good I think I got it, I probably didn't do it very well. But hey, I'm sorry. You're sorry. I'm sorry. Let's forgive each other. And in a few moments, we're going to update the fact, hey, we're all forgiven this morning. And I realize there are bigots out there that are still trying to tell you what, but you just can't keep making the same mistake over and over again. How many of you are alive this morning? How many of you have made the same mistake over and over again? And you're so sorry. My dad, you say, you don't have to tell me how sorry you are. I know how sorry you are. <laughs> don't be cheated. Don't be cheated by the religious mongrels of this world or by the systems of this world that want to rob you from the knowledge that you're forgiven. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, do you see that? First fourth thing, having riped, wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against you. I'm not trying to meet somebody's requirements. I'm not trying to measure up to your requirement to get into the body of Christ. I'm not trying to measure up to your denomination's idea, your politics idea. I'm not trying to measure up to your cultural idea. Listen, all those requirements were wiped out with Christ. He removed those requirements and said, welcome home. Oh, well. See, you don't want to get caught up in all that stuff because if you do, you'll be cheated. And I don't want to be cheated. And he has taken it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. He disarmed the principalities and powers, made a public spectacle over them, triumphing over them in it. So let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding the festival or the new moon or the Sabbath, which is a shadow of the things to come, but not the substance of Christ. Let no one cheat you out of your reward. I don't know. But how many of you are tired of being cheated? Because of other people's opinions, other people's visions and views of you, of what you should, shouldn't, coulda, ought to, might to have done. I'm tired of being cheated. I mean, I really get the one little guy that just pushed him and stopped cheating me. I mean, I kind of, I think maybe we as Christians ought to start being quite so manby-pamby and push back. We ought to push back against the, 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 the religious bigots and say, stop trying to cheat me out of what has been freely given to me. Stop trying to rob me by putting upon me requirements that Christ has already died that would be taken out of the way. But look at the and say, don't cheat me. I don't want to be cheated. That's my candy. Leave it alone. That's my reward. You can't have it. That's you're trying to figure out what my grandsons were doing. I was throwing the ball at this one, and that one stepped in front of. He intercepted the football. Are you getting it? I was throwing the ball to that one. The little one got in there and got it, and it made the big one mad. And he said, you cheated me because you intercepted. You know, some of you have been letting other people intercept your stuff because you don't. I don't want to be cheated anymore. I'm trying to teach this morning that in him you're complete. That in him is the fullness of God. That you, you can live such a bigger, fuller life than you've ever imagined. That there's so much more for you that you don't want to settle for just one little segment of it. You want the totality of it. But the reason why I have been and called to this concept of convergence is I want everything good that's out of every corner and cranny of our faith. If there's something good in the historic church, I want it. If there's something good about remembering those that have lived before us, 
Kent, I want that. If there's something good about the latest Bethel song that they sing, I want that. If there's something good out of the latest preacher, listen, Stephen Purdick can preach it. If there's something good out of the latest thing, I want to hear it. Am I making any sense? If I, if I can wear something that causes me to remember, if I can shout something that brings me closer, I just want it all. I'm tired of not having to settle for, okay, we got that. No, no, no. Quit settling for just... Listen, if there's a prophetic word in the crowd, I want a prophetic word in the crowd. Hey, if there's an old poem that was written 50, 60, 70, 2,000 years ago, I want to read it. If I can light a candle and get closer to God, I'm going to light a candle and get closer to God. You don't understand. If I can take a walk out in nature and say, I'm going to do it. Why? Because I'm more... In, uh, uh, in, <sighs> I'm driven about being in touch and in relationship with the God that called me than I am about living up to somebody's requirements as to how they can measure my faith in God. Maybe that's radical. Maybe we need something radical. Maybe that's what a revival is, is being radically revolutionized to live closer to God than we previously have done. Maybe that's what it's all about, is becoming conscious that God is in running the race and feeling God's pleasure, and it's also in raising a song together. It's all of it. And I don't need to segment it out and not have the totality of it, but I want every bit of it. I would suggest to you this morning that if we're not careful, we'll listen to Time Magazine rather than the Hebrew writer. And will at Time Magazine define to us who the most influential people in the world are? Listen, I, I, I don't think that Caitlyn Jenner is the most influential person in the world. <laughs> uh, I have nothing against Caitlyn, but I don't think that that is the most... I, I, I don't think Dwayne Johnson or Alan Stern or Alexander Ham. I, I don't really think so. In fact, if you begin to look at the heroes of our faith, none of them really measure up to the qualities that we put upon ourselves. I mean, Abraham was, was well, he had some problems, don't you think? Here, take my maiden. Of course I will. Or David. I mean, David. He, I mean, listen, if you look at the top influential people in the Bible, they all had problems. They had some serious deficiencies in the characters of their, and yet God worked through their lives to do amazing things. Don't be cheated out of your calling in the body of Christ just because you're aware of your own weaknesses. Because God knows how to take people with great flaws and accomplish extraordinary things through them. Don't be cheated out of what God wants to do in and through you just because you know yourself as well as you do. Because in spite of who you are, God has called you and chosen you to be alive in this moment to show forth who he is. And he doesn't go to Time Magazine to determine who's the most talented or has the greatest ability to do it. He goes into the least and the last and the lowest and picks you and me. So don't cheat yourself by counting yourself out as disqualified before you even start the race. I'm not making any sense here yet. Some of you have such a calling on your life, and yet because you're too aware of yourself, you keep robbing yourself of the potential victories that are in front of you. 
So, heroes are not what we think they're made of. They're made up by the Abrahams and the Isaacs and the Jacobs and the Josephs and the Moseses. It's made up by the Rahabs and, oh my, they were stoned and they were sawn in two and they were left for dead and the world was not worthy of them. But we are surrounded by people who the world discarded and yet God chose. We are surrounded by people, both seen and unseen, who never measured up to the qualifications that other people had placed on them, and yet God chose them. You are sitting beside each other, and every one of you are chosen. You're chosen to run real fast and find pleasure in God. You're chosen to love on your grandchildren. You're chosen to whatever. And you, you, you're missing it because you, you, you think he's going to call you to Africa, when the truth is he's calling you to home. You're waiting for some massive calling that somehow, and he's calling you to love those around you, to be gracious and kind to those who you can influence. He's calling you to run real well this afternoon and find pleasure in it. So many times we get cheated because we don't think that our calling is big enough or important enough, flowery enough. Am, am I with you yet? Are you with me? I'm wanting to encourage you not to get cheated. I'm wanting to encourage you that God always uses folks that others have disregarded. One of them that always speaks to me, stands out in my mind, is this man by the name of Jeremiah. I love this prophet. He, he just, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were ever born, he knew you. Before you ever, before anyone ever looked at you, God knew you. Over the course of my life, Protestants are always wanting to say how they know Jesus. Well, I'm glad you do. The real important thing is, does he know you? I could take you into the scriptures and talk to you about how he said, I am. Listen, what makes me valuable and what makes you valuable is that he knows us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knew us before we were ever born. He knew us while we were uh, being fashioned in the womb. And he said, I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Church in Hutchinson, can I tell you something? This little place on this little street is called to be a prophetic voice to the world. I have news for you. I spend 80 hours a week nearly talking to people around the world. What we do here is a prophetic voice around the world. To miss that is to miss the calling that's been upon this church since I've gone here. I don't know why. I don't understand it. But every one of you in this room, there is an ascendory, there, there's a, there is a, a oh, what am I trying, the word, <laughs> I'm trying not to talk in tongues, so if you're visiting here, you don't lose your mind over the fact that he talks in tongues. Uh, you have no idea. Uh, <laughs> there is just this, this thing that rolls off of people around. You get in this house, and I promise you, you're going to begin to have prophetic words and visions and intuitions and gut things, and you're going to think, what's that happening to me? Well, it's just that it just, by association, it's going to happen. It's just going to happen by association. You're going to wake up with thoughts and ideas. Why? Because there's a prophetic calling upon this house. There's a prophetic calling on this body. He knew us. He knew us, and he ordained us to be a prophet. And the Message Bible says, don't ever say, I'm just a boy. Don't ever say, I'm just a child. 
Don't cheat yourself by diminishing who you are. And, and Jeremiah almost did. He said, yeah, but who am I? I'm just a youth. I can't speak. Listen, don't cheat yourself because of your age, because of your youth or your, or, or your elder. Don't, don't, don't cheat yourself out of that because God knew you. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and said, I've called you. I want to encourage you this morning that it's not so much what your name is as it is the fact that there was someone there beside your baby bed and called you George. Someone who stood there beside there and called you Billy Bob. Listen, the only reason you have a name is because somebody named you. What gave you your identity was not you going out and discovering who you are, but mama, daddy, or somebody gave you a name. It doesn't even matter what that name means. It means that someone cared enough about you to give you a name. Someone cared enough about you to consider that you're unique. You're an individual. You're Barbara or you're George or you're Henry. They didn't leave you unnamed. You were born into a family. You were born into a church. Someone named you. And when they named you, they said that there's no one else quite like you. And the only reason there's nobody else quite like you is because somebody said there's nobody quite like you. And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah and he said, I know you. And the word of the Lord came to Annie and I four times and we said, we know you. You're Nicholas. You're Heather. You're Ashley. And you're Stephen. The word of the Lord came to my, grand, my children ten times. And they said, you're Hudson. And you're Hampton. And can I tell you something this morning? You're going, well, I don't have a dad. And I don't have a mom. And I don't have grandparents. The word of the Lord has come to this pastor. And it says, you're Pete. And you're the beloved. And you're Penny. Because this is the family of God. And I'm declaring... I know your name, Amy. I know who you are, Jeremy. And I'm declaring that you are who you are because the body of Christ calls you by name and says you're worthy, you're forgiven, you're loved, you matter, you're in, your name is written, you're important, you're valuable. Contrary to what the world says, the requirements have been met. You're chosen, and I'm his voice declaring to you this morning, you're important, you're chosen, you're loved, you're going to heaven, you value, you matter. Don't listen to the world. Don't be cheated out of it, because I am the voice of the Lord this morning saying, you're loved, you're not forgotten, no matter what you're going through. He's got a plan for you, Jeremiah, plan to do you good, not bring you harm, and bring you home singing and shouting, listen to me, that's the voice of the church, no matter what the rest of them are saying, this little old fella in Kansas is going, I know you, I love you, you're called, you're in, oh my God, don't be cheated. That's good whether nobody else gets it or not. <laughs> we have allowed something to creep into the body of Christ that says, put your boots on, pull them up, and lace them up, and find your own way as an individual. Man, I didn't do that to my kids when it came to being a more, and I sure as heck ain't going to do it when it comes to my kids who I believe I give pastoral care to. 
who I happen to believe I'm your spiritual father. I'm not going to do that either. I'm going to know your name, call your name, cry for your name, make sure you know how important and how valuable you are. I haven't got time to be involved in some of the shenanigans that I see taking place in religious circles. All I can do is be a shepherd over the people to whom God has given me charge. Now, I say that to you to say, go do likewise. Go do likewise. There's people in your circles that you can call them by name. There's people in your circles that you can lift them up. There's people in your circles that you can assure that their faith is secure. There's people in your circles that you can do spiritual warfare for. There's people in your circles that you can expand the grace of God, that you can prophetically speak to them and say, I know your name. And I'm calling your name in front of the throne of grace. <sighs> no wonder the three Hebrew children said, will you try to change my name? You go ahead. I have been on a mission for 35 years. Their name is not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. No matter what the world with its vain attempts of philosophy and deceit try to call you stupid, fat, ugly, divorced. No matter what the world tries to call you, push back. You know who your name is. You're a son. You're a daughter. You're the beloved of God. Don't let the world name you. Stay with the one that he gave you. You're a friend of the Most High. You're chosen. You belong. Hold your head up. Don't get cheated. <laughs> Have you ever went to buy a tag? If you work for the county, I, I apologize up front. <laughs> Have you ever gone to buy a tag? Yeah. Have you ever gone to get your driver's license renewed? I mean, you know, I fly a little bit, and now they're telling me, Tana, i got to have a new driver's license with a star on it, or I can't get on the plane. I can drive a car and nearly kill people, but I can't ride on a plane unless I have a star. I went to get my tag. Now, I've known the lady behind the counter for 30 years. I'm Pastor Quentin. I'm not even going to tell you what all I have been in her life. I mean, I've been there when this happened and that happened and this happened. And I go down there and I got these pa this paperwork. How many of you ever gone down there and you got paperwork? You got the title to the car. You got your, your birth certificate. You got, you got your social security number. You got your passport. You got it inspected over here. You got it reinspected over here. You got all this stuff. But you don't have this. Whatever that elusive thing is that they decided last Tuesday that now you need. Because the rules have changed. And I'm standing there and I go, it, it's me. I mean, it's Quentin. You know me. I know you. You know me. She goes, yeah, yeah, but Quentin, you don't have the proper paperwork. But. But we know each other. For 30 years we know each other. Yeah, but, but I... Well, you could just swear that you know me, right? Witness. Do you know how ludicrous it is 
for a society to reduce our value to another piece of paperwork when they can look you in the eye and know it's you. Do you know how absolutely absurd that is? Do you know someone can forge the paperwork? They can't forge this. This is me. Can I tell you the church has adopted the same mentality? So how were you baptized? So do you pray in tongues? So do they sing hymns or do they do they let women do they do am I am I driving this home yet? Don't allow the vain deceits of this world to rob you of. See, the more that we are programmed that we have to have all the right numbers. The more we're programmed that we've got to have all the right pedigree. The more we're programmed that we've got to have all that, the more we feel less about ourselves if we don't have. Don't allow the philosophies or the deceitful things of this world to rob you or to cheat you of who you really are. But can't we're surrounded by a culture that will absolutely reduce us to a set of numbers on a card. That'll reduce us to a set of requirements by the doctrine of some denomination that was written by some guy that FYI messed up really badly. And the thing he started actually kicked him out. Oh, well. Talk about identity theft. That is identity theft. But I know you. Yeah, but Quentin, you don't have you don't have all the paperwork. I have a new dog, Charlie. Have you seen Charlie? Yeah. Charlie's was, now is Charlie's. And Charlie's been in my house for three months, two or three months. Charlie's Charlie. Charlotte Blue, Charlie. But thank God Charlie knows who Charlie is now because Saturday we got this envelope in the mail that said... He's Charlie. <laughs> some, of, some of you are still waiting for papers to come in the mail to tell you that you are who you are. Can I tell you, there ain't no papers coming, baby. There ain't no papers coming. You is who you is. I am who I am. Am I making any sense yet? It didn't affect Charlie at all. Didn't change Charlie at all. She didn't start acting any more registered. I showed her the papers. I said, Charlie, it says right here that you are a full blood. And Charlie licked me. Didn't even care. All Charlie wanted was another treat. I have learned something about dog training. As long as you give them treats, they obey. You stop giving them treats and they stop obeying. <coughs> Moving on. Yeah. You'll get it in a minute. <clears throat> okay, I'm trying to... I'm cutting and pasting. Is that all right? Let me try to bring this in. I'm getting ready to release a project I've been working on. And the motive of the project is that I am who I am 
because of series of friendships in my life. Because real friends are people that know your name. Real friends are people that stick with you when nobody else does. Real friends are those that allow you to move through life and yet never go away. Real friends love you. Real friends remind you, hey, you're known. Real friends are not the people that like what you put on Facebook. Real friends are the people that when you're about to lose who you think you are, they come back and remind you who you are. Real friends continue to add value to your life. Real friends never let you forget that no matter what the circumstances or the challenges in your life may be, you're valuable and you're important and they love you. The church in its totality is supposed to be a group of friends. That's what we're supposed to be. He called us friends and thus if we're his friend, we're each other's friend. That's what we're supposed to be. And friends continually call us by our name. Friends never forget. My challenge to us as a church and as a congregation is that the only way we will remain uncheated is if the friends around us at those moments when the enemy is trying to steal our identity from us comes in and gets in front of us and reminds us now this is who you really are. Not what you think. Not how you feel. Not what others say. But as a spokesman for God as his friend, my pastor has told, you to remi- told me to remind you this is who you are. Church, can I tell you the greatest witness this little place could be in Hutchinson, Kansas is if we became the best friends that the world had ever met. That would be the greatest testimony, Brian, we could ever have. Is that if you want a friend, go over there. Because they're going to be your friends. I knew you before you were born. And as your friend, I'm here to remind you. That's what the church should be. It should step out of a so many things I see spinning. So many things. We should step up from that. We should step out of that. We should rise above it. And just start reminding one another who we are. Can I tell you? I started this little talk by telling you. I'm not only called for a purpose. And I have a purpose. Every day that passes, I understand that purpose more clearly. I signed three more nations this weekend. Three more. But I can run fast, too. I can stand here every Sunday morning and love you, too. Are you listening to me? Know your purpose, but also know what makes him laugh when you do it. Also know whose friends you are, whose family you are. Know that. What we do in here Sunday morning is so glorious. I love spending time with you. But can I encourage you? Go run fast this week. Go love each other well this week. 
not making any sense. What we do in here will be forgotten. But how we run out there will never be lost. Go run for Christ.